You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, welcome to the latest episode of the Coleman Power Organic Fitness Podcast. I have my latest guest here in front of me. We have Damien, the permaculture garden designer of the year. We're going to label him as. All right, as he smiles and is delighted to be introduced as that. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Coleman. Glad to be here. Damien, I suppose I brought you on. I suppose to emphasize the fact of what you're currently doing. And I suppose I can let yourself expand on the point of your eco garden and you going around to different locations and was just tell the listeners who you are and a little bit about your backstory. Yeah. So what I'm doing uh, at the minute is I, I do a couple of things um, in the in the main. So I have an uh, eco-natural uh, design, garden design business, and that's based around uh, permaculture, permaculture principles, that kind of thing. Maybe talk a bit more about that in a minute. Um, so that's that's kind of gardening with with nature, with biodiversity, that kind of thing. So try and avoid things like hard landscaping wherever we can and no chemicals. Um, so it makes it maybe a little bit more of a challenge, but then all great gardens do have a bit more of a challenge. So that's um, that's one side of things. And then I also spend a good portion of my time. Um, I am working at a secondary school in Tremor, Art School Namara. And there I run their outdoor learning program. So we have a fantastic, uh, great big greenhouse that we got there. So we treat it as an outdoor classroom. And I uh, I work with a group of transition year students on a program. And there's a, a, a great uh, teacher there as well that uh, has devised a lot of the program, part of the Irish Sustainable Schools Network. And we bring classes out as part of their, their well-being activities. And we do all kinds of things. With them and we so this week we've been doing um a little bit on planting nut weeds so the uh talking about the the beauty of things like weeds and that kind of thing talking a little bit about agriculture food security and it all changed through the year with all kinds of different things so it's uh it's it's great fun and they have a, they have a good time and they even get to eat things as well from the greenhouse that's amazing. I have to say, people have been talking about this, inclusive of myself, to bring these different, I suppose, life skills. Growing is a life skill. Okay, It should be in every school in Ireland. And the way you're going, most certainly, it's, it's going, going to be encouraged in more and more. Just, I suppose, as a matter of interest, what are the children's current knowledge before you get into them? Where Are they totally green? Uh, never mind, behind the ears? Or they, do they have some idea? Or what's their, I suppose, experience with yourself, inclusive of the classes? Well, it's it's a bit of a mix. I mean, in in general, probably there is less knowledge than uh, those that have a great knowledge of uh, about gardens and, and nature, that kind of thing. Um, but it's you know, it's you can't make any assumptions, and you get some great kids in there uh, as well. And I think probably what we're seeing some of the the younger kids that are coming from primary and their first year into into secondary, they've maybe got a bit more of a, an understanding of background. Maybe reflects some changes that are going on in primary level. There are some great primary schools here in in Tremor. Um, but I mean, some yeah, some kids have got absolutely no knowledge of it whatsoever, which is reflective of what goes on in um, in our lives. But then we had a, a kid in um, last week. And I was chatting away, and he, he was sort of he was stroking his chin a little bit, and he was admiring the tomatoes that we had growing. He says, uh, 
what uh, what, what tomatoes you got? Are you growing any beef steaks? Oh, we're not growing any any beef steaks these years. What about samazanos? You got any samazanos? Well, yeah, we have. So those over there are samazanos. So oh, yeah, good tomato, good tomato. Yeah. So um, you have a good you have a good chat. And so you know, particularly the I mean, some that have come from they've got parents that are they're into nature gardening that kind of thing. But then also because we're you know sort of semi rural island, then there's a lot of uh, kids from a farming background um, as well. So they do tend to know. Um, quite a bit more as well. So we have some great old debates about uh, about that kind of thing. Amazing. I love it. The more and more, I suppose, people get involved in this, the better. It's great that it's transition year. Is this the first year that it's supposed to have been done? Or do you also, even another question on top of that, do you for, uh, plan to expand into other neighbouring schools and or counties? Well, so it's it's the the brainchild, if you like, of a, a great teacher there, uh, science teacher uh, Patrick Kerwin. So he ran a very similar thing in uh, the UK, and Bill himself he came back to to Ireland, and he is behind the Irish Sustainable Schools Network, and he has like replicated a lot of what he was doing in the UK with a program out there about bringing nature into, into schools and then changing it for what we have in, in our notes and then learning from what was done over there. But then also, because there isn't transition year in the UK, um, it's, uh, it's something to miss out on, in, um, in my opinion. It would have been, would have been great um, when I was uh, at school there. So we've, we've got this, this program together. So this is the, the second year that we've been running it in this way with the with the school, so we we bring in a group of transition year students, and we've got well, how many we've we got? We've got nearly thirty um, of them that we're bringing on the program this year. Um, so we do some things in the greenhouse. They get to do some teaching, and and, uh, and they learn lots of different practical things. And then as a group, who are doing things with the kids in the school, they take tutor groups. They'll do projects and activities, that kind of thing. And so what we're trying to do as well. So we've been. Uh, speaking with so we, we get to we're trying to involve parents the local community as well but then also different uh, teachers from the same school um, school group but then also from different schools from around because the idea the, the, I mean the ideal would be that every school does this every school has access to these kind of facilities and you know, people like myself um, as well who can come in and teach this and we had a visit uh, last week so the the green party thinking was in Tremor. So we've invited them down. So we had Minister Ryan um, come and uh, see what we're doing and had a chat with the kids, sampled some of our uh, our produce as well. So had a, a great time. So it's an opportunity to bend someone's ear in, in power um, as well. So this, yeah, so what we'd like is that this, it makes its way onto the onto the national uh, curriculum as well. So it's then properly funded is, is the big thing. So we, we kind of do this on a little bit of a wing and a prayer with some great support from uh, businesses in Watford as well, and um, without that kind of thing, it, at the minute it it wouldn't happen because it's not cheap um, to run these if it's not centrally funded as well. Of course, and it, it's great that you are st starting most certainly small and then hoping to further expand out the other side of it. What's the I suppose I'm going to ask specifically questions in relation to the classes. So, what are the I suppose end goal for each of the students? Do they sow their own seeds? Do they look after them each week, or is there different projects involved? In I'm just kind of curious myself. Yeah, well, it, it's it's different. I mean, the, the big challenge we've got is that the the school year doesn't align itself with the the growing year, which which then you know the irony of that is probably that 
if that's because of things like the big summer holidays and the big summer holidays were because you go back, you know, 100, 200 years, and then there was a largely um, rural populations in, um, you know, in, in, in UK and in Ireland as well. So the kids will be working on the farms um, and also being part of the, uh, the, the growing and the harvesting. But that obviously doesn't help us with our, our growing year. So it does change. So we we do different things at different times of the year. So we, it's still nice and, and, and warm outside. We've got a good bit of light. So we have been doing some some sowing of seeds or weed seeds. We've been doing uh, this week a bit of nut weed and a bit of um, a bit of campion. We've been doing so. We they actually make some little paper pots, fill the pots, plant the seeds, and then we're going to look after those for them. And then because they'll they'll come into the greenhouse, each class will come in about once a month through the year. So they'll come in different times. So hopefully next time they come in, those things will have germinated. And they'll either, we'll either plant them out at the school or if we've been really successful and we've got loads of them, then they can maybe take them home, plant them in the garden or sneak them into a bit of their uh, their local community, that kind of thing. But we'll do different things. So as then we move into the winter, we'll do things. So we'll, uh, we have a lot of fun breaking apart pallets. We get some big pallet breakers in, that kind of things. So they get to smash them up. We take the nails out. And then we'll make some things like we'll make bug hotels, bee hotels, bird boxes, bug doors. And we'll make, um, we're going to be making some bird feeders out of pine cones and seeds and raisins and fat, that kind of thing. So you do those kinds of different things, different times of the year. And then as we then get into uh, the January again, so even though it's still the depths of winter, we've got uh, the right gear which then means we can start sowing again. So we all start, so things like the tomatoes, peppers, those kinds of things, aubergine, we can start sowing those, they get to see that. Um, and then they do, they'll get to be a bit more hands-on with uh, with planting stuff uh, as they get through to the end of the school term in, in May as well. So they do a whole range of things. Well, we will vary it a little each year as well as, as, as things change within the school. And we, we're gradually trying to take over a little bit more of the... Uh, of the school grounds, that kind of thing. So we've got a bit more of a rounded experience. And also then they're a bit more surrounded in nature as well. So it's not just them coming to the greenhouse and seeing stuff, but then we've got veg beds, we've got flower beds, we're about to put a pond in, that kind of thing. So there's a whole bunch of different things that we'll, we'll have. And it's trying to bring, so it's, it's so there isn't, nature's not something that happens over there. Nature is something that's all around us. You know, we are part of nature and they get to experience more of that. I think it's, it's, it's our general aim. Yeah. That's the key for, I suppose, education for people going I suppose, into these schools, that they literally get a rounded, I suppose, overall um, education in relation to schooling and health related, because this is a healthy activity, not just for the advantage of the foods that they sample, but for mental health. And that's a huge part to play in it. The idea oh. that when we touch the soil, anyone with their kids or adults, there's that production of serotonin. Serotonin is the happy hormone, which more and more people need <laughs> and gain advantage from. It, oh, it, it it is. I mean, I was uh, I was telling them about that, and I was, so so I so my job is I I will teach the TYs, and then kind of my my part of it then then finishes because once the kids come into the classroom, I give a bit I set things up, but then it's the TYs that will then teach the um, the students. So I've been teaching the TYs about the importance of getting nice dirty uh, dirty fingernails and about the serotonin. Then the amount of times I've now heard as the classes have come in. And I can hear wafting over from different parts of the greenhouse to different groups. They're all talking about serotonin. And there was one lad, he heard about it. And you know what? I can get, 
I can be happy from the soil. And that was it. He picked up a load of compost and he was rubbing his hands together and his palms were black. And he says, right, I'm not washing my hands for the rest of the day. I'm going to get all that serotonin into my hands. Nice. And uh, so it, it is great to have some of those, those conversations. And then when we're able to the look on their face, when you know, they say, well, yeah, you can, you know, you can, yeah, you know, can I eat the tomatoes? Of course you can. That's exactly what they're there for. You eat the tomatoes, you go and have an explore and they'll be, they'll be eating the nasturtium flowers and the borage flowers that we got growing and having a, a, a great time. It's, uh, it's, it's brilliant. That's an experience of a lifetime. I'm someone who's from the country, can be eaten and even ended up writing a book on the benefits of all organic foods. But up till I went, until I started growing my own, I know, I suppose, background, uh, my mother and father were psychiatric nurses, in what an actual tomato tasted like. And that's one of the simple things that huge abundance of children say, Mam, Dad, I actually don't like vegetables. Why? Because they haven't really been eating them. They've been eating mm. the muck that's in the shops, that's valued at 49 cents, but even at that, that's really putting a major down on it. Real food is grown in the soil, in your locality, and when you can harvest, you can sow the seed, you can harvest it, and then gain the massive experience of the explosion of flavours and antioxidants and benefits when it hits your tongue. Oh, it's 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 brilliant. I mean, we we had, um, just as a comparison, so we got a, we got a, a, a polytunnel here at home, as well and we can you know we can grow some stuff in there we still have to get things in from the shops but, we, but our some of our homegrown peppers had matured some of the sweet peppers and we had one and we'd also got in um one from the, the supermarket as well and then you looked at them side by side and the first thing that struck you was the weight difference the homegrown one was a lot heavier a lot denser and then the color the color the richness in the homegrown one then you cut it and the smell and then just eating them raw the, the taste in them yeah was there was no comparison and the, the kids experience the same thing when they they come in and they they eat the tomatoes and there would be the, because we've got some peppers growing there they were chomping away on the peppers as well and they were oh they, they couldn't believe the the flavor of them and the uh, the we had what did we have we'd we'd sown some carrots last january and they were just about ready by the end of term and there was once the uh, once the word got out that we got carrots, there was a queue going out the the door of the pony polyton. I was pulling them out as fast as I could, and then we're then going washing them under the tap, and then chomping straight away. And, uh, and that was it. You know, I didn't, didn't didn't want to peel them or anything; just straight out of the ground, like a like a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something. It was brilliant. Yeah. Again, that's amazing. There's so many children that would have never experienced that to date, and the idea is you have the advantage of a polytunnel, and again, they might even need to see the netting because a lot of people don't even know what's actually involved and how long the things take to grow such as like the tomatoes sown in february and not harvest until midsummer and then when they come back into school they're like oh my god yeah, yeah we sowed these tomatoes way back last year as a result of that that's something that they understand food takes such a long time to grow and it might even reduce and benefit the likes of food waste which is a massive thing that's happening at this moment in time Oh, it, it 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 does it does, and then we're also what we're trying to do is is introduce a bit of uh, empathy as well. So we talk about things to do with climate change and biodiversity. So some of the conversations we've been having this week and the last couple of weeks about um, what's going on the, the 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 climate is is starting to become less reliable than it was uh, before. It's putting it mildly, and talk about what's going on in Spain in uh, when they had that ridiculous heat wave back in April and it was 40 odd degrees and so we're showing them these this is what the temperatures were like and this is what it meant for the farmers we read some newspaper articles some headings from those and it was too hot for the farmers to to plant the crops so we're trying to well, what you know, so then get them to, to 
to play that through. What does that what does that mean if the farmer can't plant their crops? And they then well, okay, yeah, well, they're all right, they can't plant them. So um, so they then don't earn any money. And then if that's their job, and that's what they enjoy doing as well, then it's it's gonna make them a bit depressed um as well. And it makes them more worried for the future. And then thinking about yourselves, well. What's that going to mean? It's a, if for things in the show, there's there's less stuff available in the shops. There might not be the variety. There is uh, it. It might cost more. That kind of thing. So trying to get a bit of understanding and, and empathy, and then also this well, why it's, it's then important uh, for us to try and grow more things uh, ourselves as well. But then when you do grow, don't they taste great? Yeah, the taste is different. That's one of the huge things that I get people to do that I've never, I suppose, experienced. They say organic foods might be worth it or there, there's no difference. I just say literally just taste this. And I would typically get maybe the sweetest, maybe uh, cherry tomato that's on the vine and say, look, oh, I yeah. know you've been eating tomatoes, but just taste that maybe. Rosella, Rosada, Sun Gold, any one of those sweet cherry mm. tomatoes and blow the socks completely off them. They're like nature's candy. They're unbelievably sweet. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've, we've... Uh... We deliberately grew uh, sun golds uh, because we knew how how sweet they are. And I, I tell them, I said, you'll you'll love these because they're not like eating tomatoes, and they're like eating they are like eating sweets. They're so sweet and they're so juicy. And every every class, we've been able to pull some tomatoes off the off the vines at the back, and we hand them around. Yeah, and not everybody wants one because not everybody likes tomatoes. Um, or if some people have tried tomato, they, mm, I'm not really sure about it, but. We always end up, we always get rid of all of the tomatoes. They've all gone by the end of the session. You know, they'll be, look, they'll be, pin, they'll be looking for other things. Anyway, it's, so uh, they'll be going into the cucumbers and, oh, is that cucumber ready? Can I have that cucumber? So they'll be taking the cucumbers away. And it's fantastic. It is. And it, it's almost a full cycle. If you're involved in them with the likes of uh, February sown or tomatoes, right now you can start saving those seeds and getting children to understand that that's, I suppose, the whole idea of things. You sow a seed, and literally from that, one 100 tomato fruits can most certainly appear if a left trail or trained up in the likes of a string line. Then come September, then come into October, you can literally save those seeds, put them on a windowsill, and dry them out, put them into a brown envelope. Then the cycle starts again for your younger brother or sister or friend that's in the class in the year below you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's great. We did um, we did little seed saving. Uh, we had to run a, a summer club as well so we did some seed saving over the summer from some of the the peas that we'd left in the in the greenhouse so we got some peas for uh, for next year but then we also went out and did a bit of um uh seed saving from some of the wildflowers we'd also grown some of the the blue poppies the flowers aren't blue but the um, the seeds are blue so they're the ones that get sprinkled on the bagels that kind of thing on the bread so i said right we'll uh, we'll save some of those so we we our harvest was a little bit so, so we start growing areas a little bit on the small side, so we can have maybe enough seeds for a handful of bagels, but we have got enough to grow even more this year. So they're all excited about sowing their seeds, and then they'll have something they can put into take into home ec class, and uh, we'll do some bagels that kind of thing. That, that's part of what we want to do as well. So it then becomes a bit of a, a whole school package as well. So if as the as we increase our growing space, maybe a little bit outside as well, we can then grow more things then maybe we can link it into the into the home ec department so they can take things from that are grown in the school and you can make some of the tomato sauces and you can bring the onions in some of the herbs that kind of thing but then also linking it as we again as we we've got more things going on around the school both growing and biodiversity that kind of thing 
then getting some little art projects going on and they got some signage around the place and maybe a little um, nature trail, that kind of thing. We were a brilliant school. We went on a visit uh, last um, last year, last school year, to uh, a community school in Kinsale, which was fantastic. They're doing some brilliant stuff um, down there. And one of the things that the, they had, and I think it gets given out to, to all the new entrants to the school, is this wonderful hand-drawn map of the school and it describes you know where everything is in the school but then they've got all of the stuff that goes on all the projects they do including the bit where they um, they've got the steep bank that they can't get the mower on so there's a guy who brings in some goats and he brings in the goats to to eat the grass they don't have to cut the grass and then he he goes off and oh they got they got they got great stuff and it was uh it was fantastic but the the, the thing they um one thing they all loved and they all said can we move to that school is they um Again, it's all part of that well-being thing. Is they had a school dog, and the the the, the queue down to where the school dog was was uh, was a mile long. It was uh, it was fantastic. A, a brilliant school. So loads of sharing of ideas, that kind of thing. There's, there's great stuff going on all around the country, and uh, so there's loads of things that we can we can take from there as well. Yeah, and that's about it about sharing ideas, and that's exactly why I brought you onto the show because the people listening now will go, oh my god. That's it. Now we're going to really be saving up for our glasshouse or polytunnel. After that, we're going to get, I suppose, the school involved. And then one follows the other. You're incorporating the OMEC. You're incorporating in the exercise, whether that's harvesting the potatoes. It's, a, I suppose, a full life cycle of learning in all the different subjects that the school has to offer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they, and they get to do some of the so many things as well. So the last year's group of, of TY students that I brought in as the as the teachers, um, we got them to do various things. And some of them had never held uh, a saw before. Some of them had held saws, but then been told by their woodwork teacher, please don't take up woodwork because they were so, they were so bad. They did take a little bit of training, um, but they were then able to not only saw things up safely, um, they could make things out of the, the bits of pallet wood they'd, they'd sawn up. And they were able to teach the other kids that came in as well. And then so everybody's making this stuff and we're reusing things and there's things that we've taken away and they can take home and, you know, and it's the, around the school grounds. And it's, it, it, yeah, definitely a really quite a, a nicely rounded bit of uh, education. Is there anything that stands out in your mind, Damien, since I suppose you started this project, you go, I remember when this child came in day one, they hadn't a clue, and now I've seen them develop throughout, I suppose, education that they're currently getting inside themselves. Is there anything that stands out in your mind kind of vividly? I think there's, there's probably a, a, a couple, two or two or three of the of the kids that we had in mind. So, I mean, they, they've learned so many things, and they've picked up so many different skills. Um, but a big part of it, is um is, is maybe as as much as they they, they were teaching about nature and they wanted to enjoy about nature for some of them it's it's a, a social side of things and a developmental side and there were some kids that, that came in and they they absolutely wouldn't say boot goose and when we said to them um at the beginning right we, we, what you're going to do is and we're going to teach you these things, and then you're going to learn this presentation. You're going to make it your own. You're going to stand up in front of a class of 30 kids, and it's from first years right the way through to we even had some six years in as well. So quite a quite a range, and it'd be their peers as well. And then not only that, but then you are going to take groups of those those classes 
and you're going to be in charge of them and you're going to be teaching them things and they're going to have to listen to you. And the thought of it petrified them at the beginning, some of them. Um, but by the end, not even by the end, about halfway through, they were absolutely fantastic at it. And they were, and it's not only that they'd, they'd competently learned how to do it, they'd then taken it and they'd made it their own and they'd, and they'd done things that you can't do because I'm a lot older than your average teenager. They're the same age. So they know they're able to, to speak to and connect to, to those kids in ways that we, we, we can't because we, we, you know, we, there's that, there's that, um, that age gap and, and, and different uh, life experiences. But they were bringing a whole different thing and they were learning. They'd learn on the fly and it was that whole um, situational awareness type of thing. So they've got that confidence and those abilities and they've become brilliant, uh, brilliant teachers and presenters by the end of it. And that, that was, I think, probably... One of the, the biggest and best things that um, that we've seen that, that transformational change in some of those kids over the course of that year. Yeah, when one child is able to teach another, passing on life skills, which in fact growing is a dying trade. People are actually mm -hmm. uh, have lost touch where food has come from completely. Absolutely, and I mean that, that comes through in in some of the conversations uh, as as well, and it's it's also interesting then to see. How some of the how the kids might react compared with how their teacher might react. We have you know, we had it several times. We had it again this week. So whether it's it's pulling a carrot out the ground and a kid saying right, oh, I'll just wash it under a tap and then chomp away, and then you hold you hold to do the same thing. You give a teacher to a carrot and they say, oh, oh yeah, okay, well I'll, I'll I'll take it home. Um, so they don't want to eat it there and then. Or when we're eating some of the We've got things like the nasturtiums and the borage flowers, and the kids are, can I, can I eat that? They go, yeah, 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 you can eat that. And they go chomping away, and the teacher stood next to you and says, would, would you, would you like, mm, well, not so sure. And that kind of thing. So, and I think that is that is uh, reflective, I think, of of the of, of where we'd of where we got to. So when you when you you're young, you've still got some of that um adventurousness, yeah, and I'll try that and that kind of thing. But what we've got is we've got a a group of, of adults of all kinds of different ages, generations, that kind of thing, from you, you're right, you've got that that distance between us and nature has got so, so big that then the thought of eating something that's not come out of a plastic bag in a supermarket um, is is quite alien. And and it's not to say anything against you know, the, these, the, the, the teachers, they're all, you know, they're all great teachers, they're the same as the rest of us. And uh, you think, well, I don't know. You, you say that you know, you've been growing in that, and you you what, you put horse manure on that, and you put seaweed on it, and well, well, well yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I'll take one home. It's you know, then it, it's we've got to kind of undo all of that and and get that connection back with with nature and, and your own food um, again, because it's you know, as you know, it's it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, we're just what we're trying to do is, I suppose, break down these barriers and get people to do what they previously done for years and generations and centuries. Like go back as far as our parents, everyone would have had, or even our grandparents, everyone would have had literally potatoes and carrots and turnips outside in the back garden. As a result of that, there would have been at least one apple tree, one cooking. They might have had a plum tree. Again, literally, there's very little too. The likes of fruit trees and that is something that I'm trying to encourage myself. Every school in Ireland to have the likes of a fruiting tree. So literally, they flower when the children are in school. No maintenance to a tree, very little. Even if you don't know how to prune it, it'll still give you fruit. Flowering yeah, typically yeah. in April, we'll say the likes of an apple tree, and then the fruits are coming into season around September and October, which are then natural again pro prebiotics for the children, the benefit of the children and the teachers. Anyone else there? Oh, it it is, and it's um, 
So that's one of the things that, that we're doing. There was a, a, already a, a small orchard that had been started at the school. So we've um, we added to that. So there's there's various free trees that get given out every year. So we've added to that that little orchard. And then rather than them just being sol solitary little trees planted in the in the ground as well, what we're trying to do is is introduce some of the the permaculture thinking where you then got a you've got a plant guild in there. So you've got the 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 tree in the center, and then you've got other complementary plants that sit around. I mean, some of them, it's I mean, they might just be uh, wildflowers there that we've um, for a, it, it's they, they kind of look nice. They're there for the pollinators as well. So there's a bit of food, but then we might also throw in maybe uh, a little bit of um, spinach we've been growing in there as well. Maybe a bit of beetroot. So you're trying to introduce some some veggies, that kind of thing. And also what you then do is, is you're keeping the grass away from the trunk of the tree. So helping the, the young trees to develop, they're not competing with the grass. And then gradually what we're trying to do then as well is, is further increase those spaces. So it's not just you start off with a little tree on its own, then a tree with some flowers around it. And then hopefully that then becomes a bit of a, a bigger bed. And then we've maybe got some paths that are going through the orchard. We've maybe got some chairs that are in there. So you then actually, as it then starts to grow up around you, you're then sitting in amongst nature as well. You can then spend time in it. And it's it's all it's you know, schools can be challenging places for all number of uh, of different reasons. So it's then maybe a place for a little bit of um a little bit of quiet, a bit of solace. You've just got some of the, the bees around you, that kind of thing, and uh, just offer a different experience for the kids. Amazing. Turn it in, into, I suppose you would call it an outdoor classroom, which is actually a completely different setup to the directly square windows where you have artificial light which doesn't really uh, tend well for attention span because light is actually especially natural light is one way of uh, increasing anyone's attention it naturally wakes up the body which would help uh, children retain more information so these are things that we again are just trying we are and you are doing a great job in doing it well it it is i think and you speak to the the, the teachers that come down with their classes as well and i think just the just the fact that they're outside um, is a big thing. Even if they if they do nothing else and they don't pay any attention to what we're trying to teach them, they don't care about plants, they don't care about nature. They're outside. It's in a different environment, and it's it that in itself can do uh, can do good things for them. But um, I mean, it's interesting because you see um, a lot of classrooms now these days as well. They've got the little um, carbon dioxide monitors in there. And to show how much ventilation the, the the classrooms are getting, you know, it's obviously more CO two, the drowsier you get, that kind of thing. And so it's being outside, you got all of that fresh air. Sometimes it's very fresh, particularly in the middle of winter, it can get a little bit um, a bit nippy um, down in there, but it keeps them on the toes. So we've we've got the kettle and the biscuits down there as well, so we can offer them a little bit of uh, refreshment, that kind of thing. But it um, it is, and you've just been in been in all of that light. Um, and different environments, it's, it's it's great. But then also as well, it's um, when the when they realise they're actually going to be taught by the um, by the TY uh, students as well. That's it. It is. It's, it's a little bit like a, a, a switch flicks on because you know they might be you know, staring. Or this was stood there with a fairly fairly blank faceless expression while I'm saying hello and introducing things that kind of thing. I don't take it personally. Um, but then we hand them over to the TYs, um, and then they're they're immediately um, much more in, engaged. Um, we we, you know, we see it 
we see it all the time. It's uh, it, it's it's a different thing. It it really adds to the whole experience. No, it's a, it's a super idea, and it's a great, I suppose, model for anyone who'd love to take it up and incorporate it into their own school. And it's simple. It's simple things. It's healthy habits. And as you said, if the child is just outside alone, there's benefits to it. So when we actually think of it, if whether it's ourselves or the children that are outside, they gain advantage of fresh air, sunlight, serotonin. And then if you're eating the foods, you have better fiber. You have, again, you've literally better health. You better gut health. You better immune system. It's all a massive knock-on effect. And when they, when we start, so we see today to gain advantage in the future. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, it is, and it, um, and, and it's uh, it, this this particular sort. Of, I mean, they are. It's they're lucky to have it. So there's you know there's a whole bunch of things that have come together. There's a really supportive management team in there. So they've 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 delved into the the school finances. You've got a great teacher who's who's driving it. Then there's uh, there's you know there's someone like me who who comes in and can take the the class as well and then you know being brutally honest as well we've got some corporate sponsorship um to help fund this because it is it's you know you need the space to put in a big greenhouse like this you then also they're not cheap so it it does require some some funding so you've got a whole bunch of things that have come together that allowed this to happen and then you look around all the other schools and uh unless you've got all of those things that have come together it's really difficult for this to for this opportunity to be made available to kids, but get it on the national curriculum, and then it becomes funded, and schools haven't got to try and find an, uh, all, all these different things. They haven't got to scrape things. They can fund the right people and that kind of thing, and then everybody gets the opportunity that they should all be getting. Um, and especially you know, now, more than ever, we we teach them a whole bunch about nature, biodiversity, that kind of thing, and avoiding waste. We do a a talk which I think the last year's students are probably still muttering and chuntering about and hating me a little bit because we talked about how important we and poo that kind of thing is are and how it, you know, the, those are really important and what you can do with your we and you know not to be all icky about it that kind of thing all these kinds of things they're so so important and we're going to become more and more important in the years to come as well so it's, it's really you know, that every kid should have this kind of opportunity yeah no, with Damon, as I said, you're doing a super job there. And what I want to do even just before and just conscious of your own time, where's the best place for people or individuals to get in contact with yourself and or be involved or just have a, even a question that you would love to shoot over to yourself? Okay, so uh, I, you can contact me on my there's a, on my website. There's a, um, there's a form there. So that's where I do my, uh, based around my garden design. So that is... Uh, green-life.ie uh, oh sorry the green light green-life.ie get my website wrong that's not good um and um that's probably the best place uh, best place to to contact me but then also then what we're doing at the school so the school itself is uh our school namora namara in tremor so they've got a very um active um twitter account that promotes that kind of thing so we're always putting things on about the greenhouse there as well so you can um you can find us uh through there and on twitter waterford permy is uh is who i am so again you can contact me on uh, on twitter that way as well perfect job 
All right, Damien, I will most certainly put all of those in the likes of the show notes at the end of this podcast. And I always firstly to say thanks so much for coming on and giving me your valuable time and your experience and helping this school in particular and further ones in the future. And I always end these shows by saying stay tuned. All right, the, welcome to the latest of the shows here. This is week four of six. The weeks are flying by. All right, I'm after teaming up with Healthy Waterford in relation to emphasizing simple I'm going to say ways to improve your health while eating local while emphasizing the fact of things that are fresh and organic okay in week one we had the finest of uh podcast emphasizing a local grower based in west waterford week two we went to lismore and touched on an organic pork producer week three we had valley the fopper dairy farmer on and now we're on to week four so here we have the likes of Damien, who is part of Eco Garden Design, and he's going into the likes of, okay, a fine school in the likes of Tremor called Ard Namara, educating them, getting back that simple life skill that we most certainly have lost touch with, growing, getting them outside, gaining the advantage of all things health, whether you're consuming the foods and or just being outside, as he mentioned, is the benefit he tries to emphasize in the individuals that he teaches. All right, I hope you enjoy this week's show. So stay tuned. And if you haven't listened to the other classics that we've already listed, they're just below this podcast, wherever you are listening to it, they're available on every decent and good podcast player. All right, or that, here's this week's show. Oh, if you didn't hear already, there is going to be an event at the end of these series of podcasts in person with myself in partnership with the likes of Healthy Waterford. And it is going to be emphasizing the fact that you're growing your own and either buying it or whatever you do, adding these produce that we've mentioned in these series of podcasts is going to improve not only your health, but also your families. And remember, it's not only beneficial for you, it's also beneficial for the environment. And the whole idea is when we're healthy, it's a massive knock-on effect with the food choices that we have. We're overall going to improve our health as a result of that, physically, mentally. The idea is when you most certainly start to gain the advantage of eating these type of produce, which we've highlighted and con will continue to do so. Why? Because you know the benefits when you literally taste the food, okay? You're supporting local. It's much more sustainable, and that is the key message that i will be literally putting through to so many of you guys that listen to these shows on a weekly basis all right or than that stay tuned stay classy and keep it organic and get on that good stuff you're listening to coal man power on the organic fitness podcast